welcome back to Stories from a Mountain Town. This is your host, Tyler Meany. Um, coming to you today from the offices here at Snake River Brew Pub. Um, I have with me Elliot Wilkins, the marketing manager. Is that your title here? Marketing Sales and events coordinator. Sales and events coordinator. Sorry that, about that. Um, but I have Elliot here with me today. Um, we have brought in a six-pack of the Jenny Lake Lager for us to enjoy during this nice little conversation. Um, Elliot, say hi to the nice people. Howdy. Um, so, yeah, let's get, let's get into these beers. Please do. Oh, you already have one. So I'll, I'll get into the beers. Yeah, there's never, a, yeah. There's never enough, though. So. so we have Jenny Lake Lager. One of their, it's a Vienna-style lager. I would call it probably top top three most popular. Definitely. With uh, the Pale Ale, Pacos, and this probably are the top three, right? Yeah, Pacos, uh, certainly number one. Yeah. Uh, earned it, our New England Hazy. It's giving it a run for its money, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's just that that whole beer style, the, the New England Hazies, uh, for a few years, have just been craziness, right? Yeah, people uh, love Hazies right now. Cheers. It's uh, Yeah, cheers, man. Welcome. There's some, I, I do enjoy good hazy, but there's some that it, I like to call them lazy IPAs because they're like just unfiltered, less filtered than right. others. Some, some of the worst ones, the earned it, it's a very good one. You don't feel like, you don't feel like you just drank dirt or something. Some of them, <laughs> some of them you can. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's good. It's a good thing, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, uh, they brew everything true to style. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're definitely not going to be the place where you're going for... You know, a crazy kiwi, yeah, whatnot, and they also, you know, all those juicy flavors. They should come directly from the hops, mm-hmm. uh, and you can definitely tell when you're getting something uh, that was added after. Yeah, it just tastes super jammy and artificial. Um, I think that's one of the reasons why people love earned it so much. Mm-hmm. It also has a good helping of uh, oats that they add at the end, makes it super smooth. Yeah. It's done really well. So, uh, yeah, we've been... I always get it if I, like, do a big hike or something and then come here. I feel like I have earned it. Yeah. Oh, Just based off the name. Well, <laughs> you could have called it anything else, but because right. I feel like I've earned it, then I picked that one. Yeah. Well, I, I love... It's probably my favorite label. Um, yeah. You're, I think you're aware we rebranded back in May. Mm-hmm. Um, all local artists that we got. So, Jeremy Collins out of Denver actually did the earned it cans. Cool. Um, but, yeah, it's just... The can is Jackson. Yeah, it just speaks Jackson. It does, and they all do. I mean, I love the, the rebranding. Um, it kind of, it kind of is. Are they all kind of a similar image that they used to be, but just a different like style of art? Is that the uh, thing? generally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have the a similar theme, just kind of trying to make it uh, just that a little refresh, and also highlight some of the local artists that we have in town. Yeah, uh, it's the same reason why we have featured artists in the brew pub mm-hmm. uh, every couple months. We've got uh, that massive mural outside, which we're actually looking to update yeah. uh, in the next year here. So, awesome. yeah, yeah. So this one, so Jenny Lake one, is a picture of Jenny Lake. You can see like the Grand and the mm-hmm. what canyon is that? Um, not Death Canyon. Um, the, anyway, there's a big canyon right across Jenny Lake from where people can normally look at it. Right. Um, and then that's pictured here on the can. Yeah, and then um, all these. Uh, Oh yeah, all these the, guys the actually, uh, yeah, they're meant to be peeled off. Makes recycling easier. Uh, you also get a pretty cool sticker. Yeah, you slap on your snowboard and 
I totally forgot about that. Just in case you get lost through a map of the Snake River yeah. on there. Yeah, if you're if you're floating and you right. get you have a few, a few too many of these, you can get your way out. Yeah, so that's a cool thing. The labels are totally they totally come off, and then they're um, what's the word where those like perforated? Perforated, yeah. The edges are perforated, so you can just take like the main logo part and put it on something. You don't have to have like the barcode or anything involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. That's just another re another way that I mean I don't know how you know much people care about stickers that are drinking beer, but right. it's just a differentiator. At where a hundred percent. I mean 100%. your your lager is similar to most lagers, just because it's a beer and a lot of beer tastes the same, but this is a differentiator. It's a local artist that changes things. People that's a lot of little differentiators that probably make a big di difference when you add them together and you're in a market like Jackson. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Jackson loves its locals. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, yeah, there's 10,000 of us, so we gotta stick together, right? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're 10,000. I, I sometimes would call it less because I think who, it is technically less. Yeah, people who probably just are here for six months and a day, right? Who to get the tax benefit, which is cool too, because I, I don't like taxes yeah. either. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and but we're, we're 10,000 that support two million or three million. Two yeah, during the summer, yeah, three and a half, easy. Yeah, it's like, there's, there's those days in, like, July, you just don't even want to go through the square. No. And it's and it's all just stupid people walking. Well, it just gets, it gets scary on the road sometimes. Yeah. I and mean, you can, I tell people all the time, like, I don't care how good a driver you are, mm -hmm. you can't control the person next to you. Yeah. Or even, yeah, or even in the winter when there's more animals around, oh, like, how yeah. crazy people get to, like, just rip off the road and get a picture, and they're just like... Like, cops have to, like, direct traffic if there's a moose around a touristy area because yeah. they're trying to get so close. And every time I drive by, I'm like, I hope you get mauled. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was dark. Sorry, everyone. That was dark. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree for the most part. Um, I mean, when I've, I, I have people visit constantly. That's one of the beautiful parts about living right here. Mm -hmm. You don't have to... Oh come on, please come! No, yeah. it's, it's a given. No, you you're, come. You're here. gonna come to Jackson yeah. to visit, and you're gonna love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you gotta deal with. Uh, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah. Yeah, we had that. I, it was like the whole summer, pretty much. You know, uh, the, from the end of June through July and August, like every almost every single weekend, we had someone out, and then the weekends we didn't. Taylor, uh, my girlfriend's a labor and delivery nurse mm -hmm. at the hospital. Um, so she does one weekend a month. So then, then the one weekend we didn't have people, she'd be working. So it was just, it was like, it was, summer was amazing with everyone coming by, but it's kind of a grind to be like, well, it's emotionally exhausting, right? You're hosting yeah. people constantly and yeah. you're also working full time yeah. too. So, yeah. but you know, it's, uh, it's why we live here, right? Yeah. To work, to work really hard and then get the benefit of being able to drive 15 minutes and go to a ski tour or go to the best ski resort in the world. Yeah. Or in the summer, go mountain biking or fishing or something like that. Yeah. And it's right here. And we're at his office is, what road are we on? Is that Millward and... Mm -hmm. Hanson. Millward and Hanson. Yeah, right next to the brew pub. But we're looking up at, pretty much at Snow King. Yeah. Beautiful view. I don't know how much work I would get done if this was my office. So I face this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his desk is facing away from the window. Um, but yeah, this is an awesome little spot. Like, you could just do, do a little, like... At like a lunch break, just go do snow oh, camp. Yeah, people like do that. all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's if you if you're not taking advantage of it, then why why be here? Yeah, yeah. And that's I think that's what drives people to leave. They kind of they forget why they came here. 
the grass is always greener on the other side. Yeah. Right? And at least the perception probably, of that. Yeah. Probably a lot of like the financial thing. It's like, God, it's so expensive. I just want to get out of that. Right. But it's like. Which is fair. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. valid. But then you get, you get somewhere else and it's like, oh wait, I have to drive an hour to go snowboarding. Yeah. I don't know about that. And in the last podcast, Fred was saying there's a big boomerang effect where people will leave for whatever reason. And then they realize, oh wait, uh, this isn't as cool. And yeah. And they come back. Absolutely. I mean, uh, my boss, Luke, the sales and marketing director, mm -hmm. I think this is his either third or fourth time. Oh, uh, yeah. Right. So he has uh, come and gone. He's a uh, quintessential Jackson story. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had, had, I had him on uh, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Luke's got wild stories. Yeah, that's awesome. Wild stories. So um, bring it, let's bring it all the way back. When did you first come to Jackson? Um, and was that for like vacation or what reason was that? And then like kind of what did you think of the area, whether it was what do you think of the mountains or the people or just like the whole ener the energy that, that there is that we have here? Yeah. Um, so my family is kind of strange in that uh, during Christmas time, right, we did not do uh, traditional Christmas, right? Like we not once did we ever put up lights, get a tree, do presents, none of it. Mm -hmm. All of it went towards finding a new place to ski. Oh, cool. Um, which was, shit, that's all I could ask for. Yeah. Um, so I came out here with my brother and my dad when I was 19, I think. Um, and hands down, I mean, easiest thing right off the bat is it was the best skiing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. Like, that's not a question. Yeah. Um, and you, you grew up in um, Oregon? Chicago. Or Chicago, sorry. Yeah. Did you, you said you lived in Oregon or something like that. Lived in my, my brother has been in Portland for... 10 plus years now, so it's kind of a second home. Oh, okay. Point. Sorry, I got confused. No. Chicago. Yeah. Chicago. So, uh, yeah, if we weren't, uh, if we weren't making a push out west, you know, we'd drive to a little bunny hill mm -hmm. across the border in Wisconsin and call it skiing. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you, I had the opportunity to go ski at, like, uh, Vale and Beaver Creek because I had uh, some family friends that lived over there. Uh -huh. uh, so, made it pretty accessible. Great skiing, yeah. but the terrain here, you drive up. We, we drove from Salt Lake City, so we got the full the full, uh, the full full range of it, right? Yeah, you go from the flat southwestern part of Wyoming, and then it just right. starts getting higher and higher, yeah. and then, like, then the Tetons show up, and then it's like, it, whoa. It's just, it's fucking nuts, because they're just, they're so jagged, and the range is so young. Yeah. Um, that the it youngest. makes them look way bigger than, you know, if say you're in the front range mm -hmm. out in Denver, uh, those guys are all 14ers. Yeah. Um, these are smaller, but they just look way more magnificent. So that was, that was the first thing right off the bat. I was like, holy shit, this does not look real. Yeah. Um, we're going to see that. Okay. Yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. In, uh, in, yeah, in Wisconsin, or I grew up in Minnesota, so my yeah. came from that snowboarding to here, it was like, wait, it, take, it, like, it takes 30 minutes to go down? Yeah. Like, like, five <laughs> seconds? Um, and then, you know, at those, those hills, you like, you, you got to look up a little bit, like a very small angle. And then at the base of the resort here, you're looking up like this, yeah, like absolutely. almost straight up because of, that's the big thing about the Tetons are that more vertical than like pretty much every other mountain range. Yeah. I mean, shit, even Snow King, right? Yeah. Snow King and, so I live on Saddle Butte. Okay. Both of those look pretty small compared to the Tetons, but they're bigger than anything in Minnesota or Wisconsin and probably Illinois. 
Oh, that's for sure. Right. That's for sure. We have garbage dumps that we ski yeah. out in Illinois. Oh, really? <laughs> Not kidding. <laughs> that's wild. Uh, yeah, so it was a change. But anyways, yeah, so uh, I was 19, came out with my brother and my dad. Um, and we actually came here. Uh, came to the brew pub for dinner one night. Nice. That's where that's where locals went. Uh, yeah. That's where they still go. Yeah. Uh, and so we kind of wanted to see what Jackson was all about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, of course, was not of age to legally drink at the time, so yeah. my brother had a lot of fun just kind of shoving it in my face. <laughs> um, I love him. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember leaving, leaving that trip just thinking in the back of my head, man, this, I mean, this will never happen. But what a pipe dream. Like, if I could be somewhere like here. Yeah. I mean, I think oftentimes, at least for myself, your head just gets ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Um, keeps you from doing what you really want to do. Uh, and that was the case with Jackson. Like, for a long time, I was like, man, I, I, I wish I could somehow be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was also, you know, still am very career-focused uh, and... Frankly, that was what brought me out to Jackson, Yeah, uh, was to be right here at the brew pub. And, um, yeah, just the way it's worked out has just blown my mind. Yeah. Because um, I, uh, I got out of, so I was right out of college. I was in the Army. I got discharged. Uh, I had no fucking idea what I was going to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, was selling insurance and investments for a while. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Um, And my brother finally was like, dude, you love craft beer. You can sell. Just make it happen. Mm -hmm. Right? Like he, uh, I think he truthfully just wants to live vicariously through me, which I'm, I'm happy to accept. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he gave me the little nudge and um, quit my job and got into, uh, got into the industry. And a year later I was, uh, I was out here. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love your, when you said the thing about the pipe dream, because for me too, it was, it was for some reason, you know, before you actually know what things cost or like, well, how much money you make, like when you're in college, you don't really know. Yeah. And I know been built up in my head and like from other people, like it's super expensive to live here. You're either like basically in poverty or you're a billionaire. billionaire. Right. Yeah. And then I finally got to a point. I was like, I really want to live somewhere in the mountains. And I was like, wait a minute. Like I make pretty good money. Taylor makes pretty good money, and I bet we, I bet we make more than like someone that that just like works at a ski shop or something. Yep. So and they can figure it out. I can figure it out. Yep. That was where it finally was like, I can do this. Yeah, and th- that's what I was talking about earlier. Like your mind just gets yeah. in the way. Yeah, it was totally good. Got in the and obviously I had to go through college and get all that and get get the job to, to allow me to do that. But yeah, yeah, it. it there was a couple of years where it was like, oh, I can never, I would never be able to afford it. I'd be, I'd have to work at a, I'd be, I have to be a bartender for my second job. And I was like, right. I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then it was actually that, that guy, Fred, um, we were out here on vacation and he, and we were telling him how we're like trying to, trying to live somewhere in the mountains. We'd look in, we looked at Ogden around Salt Lake and then mm-hmm. kind of thought about Denver and stuff like that, but it never really worked out. And then he's like, why don't you just live here? Yeah. And it, for some reason, something simple as that. So oh, yeah, why, shit, why don't I? Yeah, and I was like, wait, yeah, you're right, why don't I? And then that's where I broke down the, the cost of living thing in my own head. I was like, what? no, wait, we can figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then it, then it just all worked out. How long did it take for you to, like, for it to, like, click in your head that you're a resident of Jackson, 
Jackson Home Resort is your local hill. Um, and like, this is your life now. Cause it took me quite a while. I've, yes, I'm still pinching myself for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've only been out here for a year, so I'm still definitely very new. Yeah. Um, that's a, uh, that's a good question. Uh, it took, yeah, I mean, you definitely, I think it really depends on, on the hobbies that you throw yourself into and the community, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the Jackson community as a whole, but, uh, finding your own little niche community, so like when I first got out here, um, I knew what I was doing during the winter. It was not a question. Like, yeah. I'm going to be skiing. Yes. Um, so it was really more of uh, during the summer, what uh, what do I want to get into? And you have so many options. And mm-hmm. I'm more along the lines of I like to do a couple of things and get highly proficient at them mm-hmm. rather than casting out such a wide net that you know, you're just kind of doing it very casually, mm-hmm. uh, which you also definitely have uh, the ability to do in Jackson because everything is so freaking accessible. Yeah. Uh, but I, of all things, found myself getting into pack rafting. Oh. Um, I don't know if you, you're familiar with that at all. All I know is that it's like a small inflatable raft that can be packed. Yes. So you ride well the river. Well said, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> pack rafting 101 right there. <laughs> Um, also, APA getting featured tonight at Trivia. You're not yeah. going to see this until after, but give them a shout. Yeah. What is that? The American... The American Pack Rafting Association. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Of America. Of America. That's like the... Uh, from the movie Dodgeball. Dodgeball. Yeah. <laughs> was that on purpose? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I saw that. I saw your post today about that. I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool yeah. um, feature group. Yeah. So what do you... So you have a little raft and you... Do you like yeah, so it run rapids? Do you just float to like camp, or how do you what do you do with it? Yeah, well, that's a beautiful thing about it, right? So you have a lot of versatility. The reason why I love it is because it just combines two of my favorite things in Jackson, which is get a good hike in. Uh-huh. Uh, so you can, I don't know, do a do a three four whatever hike, hit uh, hit a river, a spot that you normally wouldn't be able to access with, uh, you know, a traditional whitewater. Uh, raft so it's essentially just a single occupancy smaller whitewater raft Mm -hmm. um i definitely like to take down some um i'm not gonna call it super crazy stuff but like a two three awesome time Um, so the uh the popular like lunch counter like july that's like a four right (laughs) yeah that that uh i'm not there yet yeah um so luke uh, my boss uh took me out for the first time very beginning of the summer he's like yeah man it's gonna be a great time i've been a few times and it's a really cool sport mm-hmm. and you know let's get after it i was like hell yeah like, i'm lo- looking for things to do let's do it uh-huh. uh, and so it's me him a uh, former river guide who's there with us and one other buddy um and we quickly realized that uh we are quite literally well in over our heads yeah uh specifically me right yeah um and so we get to, uh, we did the Buffalo Fort for, for anyone who's uh, familiar with that stretch. Um, which is I'm not. Where's that? So if you just had uh, a north, um, it's probably like 25 minutes north of the airport. Um, so it's not terribly far. It's fairly accessible. There's like a three-mile hike out there uh, where you drop in. Is it, is it like by, by like Buffalo Valley? It's like almost to Moran? Yeah, not quite. Um, it's kind of on the way, uh-huh. um, but if you're like, so if you're headed north, it's just uh, it's just a little bit west of there. 
on the snake though yes right? okay mm-hmm. yeah um and so we get on to it and it's for like the first few hours it's killer time twos a little bit of threes um and then we quickly come around a bend <laughs> and things are picking up yeah right um i'm getting a little nervous for sure uh-huh. uh because you can hear it right you're coming around the bend you can just hear this stuff is heating up mm-hmm. real fast <laughs> Uh, and then you go around, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and were you and your individual yeah, oh, yeah. for that one, too? Yeah, yeah. And everyone's in their individual Everyone's in their, own, in their <laughs> own boats. And so we've got, we've got uh, myself, Luke. We've got uh, the river guide who is, you know, at the front. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm, I'm relying on him to just pick lines for the most part and be like, hey, we can do this. You guys can do this. Or, eh, maybe we'll skirt around the canyon and drop in like a half mile down um which we did so like we're skirting the side of the canyon there uh in the ravine and i don't know probably 100 yards or so that we're just kind of maneuvering around this thing and we come to the side and we're like all right this looks okay we could probably drop in here um levante goes first raft guide i go second um i made it through two two troughs uh you know and these things just swallowed me yeah and so you know i'm kicking up and i go through the first one i'm like oh fuck that was pretty and i go through the second one i'm like oh i i'm not gonna make it through a third (laughs) please don't be a third (laughs) we hit the third so hard and just flipped me and i was like oh god damn Um, and the water's cold at that time right it was freezing yeah. It's freezing. So you get dumped in and uh, just immediately, right, you, you start to go into shock a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I was just trying to talk myself quickly off a ledge of, hey, buddy, breathe, uh-huh. right? Just breathe. You got you got a PFD on, just fucking breathe. Yeah. Um, and so I'm trying to hold on to the boat. It's flipped over on its back. I'm trying to hold on to the paddle, um, just inhaling water. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was scary. Um, but shit, it's addicting. Is right? Um, and I, I kind of think that, you know, if it doesn't scare you a little bit, it's not worth doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was my introduction to pack rafting. I quickly... And that's how you got hooked. Yeah, that's how I got hooked. It was like, hey, let's whack this kid on the river. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was like, man, Luke, I, you know, you want to fire me? There are other ways to do it. You don't have to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or get you to quit or something right yeah <laughs> it was fun though um went a handful more times after that have you done the um south park to astoria stretch ever no not yet i've hit uh i've done uh down by hoback junction like the grays um hoback a little bit like five mile stretches on there but uh, i haven't hit that yet yeah we did that on the fourth of july Nice. Among other people doing that. Yeah. Um, and we like tried to, you know, talk to anybody we could that would have done it before and be like, is this, do we need, like, is this something this random people can just float and drink right, on? Yeah. And everyone said like, yeah, you're good. And then, and so we just get the tubes from Albertsons. Yeah. They're just shitty tubes. Oh my God. <laughs> did and they we, survive? <laughs> they did. They all survived. And we got, so we got ones that. Uh, had like a rope to connect them all so yeah. we had a group of like eight so we're like all right sweet we'll just connect each other and we'll be we thought it'd be safer and then someone f- had there was like a floatable cooler that came with it was, so we put that on in the inside of our circle so that didn't leave our sure. circle protect the cooler yeah. at all costs yeah that was the big the big issue and then 
we're like getting in. None of us have life jackets. We're just like whatever. It's whenever we talked to you, said it was chill. Yeah. And there's like a river. I don't know what they're called. Like a river police kind of people. Sure. I don't know what they're called. Yeah. River police. They're ripping up and down in the boats everywhere. They're like at the place we're putting in, like making sure people are okay. And they're like checking us. They're like, do you guys have life jackets? We're like, nope. They're like, do you guys have any uh, paddles? We're like, nope. They're like, all right. Hope, hope to see you on the way, on the way out. <laughs> we're like, what? Did Do we need those things? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, probably. And we're like, fuck. So we just like get in and then we're like, like Very as, casual policing effort right there. Yeah. As the last person steps in, um, another rescuer comes up and says, Hey, uh, if you see, uh, we're looking for a male, 6'2", dark hair, long hair, uh, let us know if you see him. And we're like, what? Oh my and God. That, and so they were, that's what they were patrolling. They had like someone had gone missing the night before in the river. And yeah, the, like, they decided to tell us that as we're floating off. Yeah, it's just like, definitely the most uh, dangerous. Uh, the river takes more people, I think, than anything else out here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we started going. It was nice. It was super sunny and warm, and it's pr- it's pretty chill in the beginning. A couple little spots, um, and then you get down towards Hoback, and then it gets the canyon gets um, higher on the sides, so the wind oh, yeah. whip picks up, and then the cloud clouds covered the sun, so we're like sitting in this like fifty degree water with mm-hmm. no sun. Um, wind whipping around, so we all got we're all chattering our teeth away, um, but we eventually make it down to Astoria and get out, and it was all good. With only it was one sketchy part where like Taylor, my girlfriend, is the only one who got like flipped, yeah. and I got knocked off, but my tube didn't get flipped. But yeah, that that's like a whole different beast that I don't want to tackle right now. <laughs> And make it feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> if you get to the other side. Right? Yeah. We got out and we're all just like going through that like cold shock sort of thing. And yeah. Um, just happy to be out and just like. It'd be nice when they open the hot springs down there and just pop off and then jump in. Yeah. We've been trying to get down to like the natural ones there. The, Have you done those? So I'm talking about in Astoria, they're, they're building up that. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Tiny little resort, whatever you want to call it. Uh, which has the natural hot springs, and then you've got granite, which uh, right now you've got a snowmobile too, which mm-hmm. is an awesome excursion, yeah. awesome excuse to jump in some natural hot springs. But uh, Yeah, at, at the Astoria spot, there's like little pools like next to the river, or like kind of in the river. Mm. That's what I was, and then, and then people have like moved rocks around to make little pool yeah. type things, and I then gotcha. the spring pushes the hot water in, and then depending on how hot you want it, you either like, you know, let river water in or don't. Yeah. Um, and it's just like right next to the river. Yeah. So we're trying to do that, but we haven't got had the, had the time yet. That'd be fun. Just kind of go out there and chill. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to have snow and ski, but that also uh, mm-hmm. gets me uh, excited, itching to get out on the river again. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have a season pass to the resort? Yeah. Um, so thankfully through the brew pub, we get a little bit of a discount. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the, the tier pricing, um, right. So you've got like the cheapest, the cheapest spring price. Um, and so we get a little discount off of that, which makes a huge deal. Um, yeah. Taylor gets that too. Local. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the, the little bypass option, which saves you like a couple hundred bucks and you don't need to ski on the busiest days of the year, the days that you don't really want to be on the mountain anyway. You know, you'd rather go to Targhee or Snow King or something like that instead. Yeah, Christmas week wasn't that bad here. 
It uh, it was. I, I seen Christmas morning. I was yeah. trying to get out while everyone was doing their, mm-hmm. you know, doing their thing. Um, yeah, it was. It was not as bad as I anticipated it being. Yeah, and then even I think I went out Christmas Day, maybe like twenty sixth and like the twenty eighth, and I think it was the twenty eighth was like the most, the busiest the resort has ever been. Mm-hmm. Is what the just the numbers said. But I was there and like. Thunder had like a line every once in a while. Yeah. The gondola had a line. The tram had a really bad line. But like, Sublet didn't have like anything. Yeah, I, yeah. It's all. I think it's just all about where you go. Like, and, yeah, and at what time. Yeah. Um. Like I, I rarely ever, you know, take the tram up first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, just because every tourist and their mother yeah. is headed up there right off the bat, uh-huh. uh, which I think is kind of crazy. But yeah, to each their own. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it just depends on timing and where you're at. Yeah, I like a good tram lap to start the day, but if it's too long, I won't do it. I, yeah, just it's it's usually just so damn long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I usually get out there at like ten thirty or eleven and finally get up to the top of the rendezvous. Yeah, I wonder if um, I thought I heard something where uh, they blacked out uh, like the Christmas week. For the Icon Pass users, so that's so there weren't as many of them out this uh, year for that time. That would explain quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I wasn't on the mountain from the twenty sixth to like the thirtieth. Yeah, um, that's uh, sure locals were all happy about that. Yeah. Do you do any backcountry skiing or snowboarding? Do you ski or snowboard? I ski. Okay. Do you do uh, any backcountry tours not, or anything? Not so much. Um, and I think maybe it'll be something I get into more mm-hmm. uh, as time goes on. But, you know, especially being my first full winter out here, I'm, I'm just trying to get every day on the mountain that I can. Yeah. Um, it's hard not to. Right? When, you've got, <laughs> when you've got that crazy resort in your backyard. Yeah. We can uh, just, like, stroll up for, like, a one tram run and go right, home yeah, and just, like, have an afternoon. God, that's my favorite thing. Yeah. Two, three hours, get some laps in and... Get some work done after that. Call it a day. Yeah, definitely. I should start doing like maybe an early morning one or something. That's that's generally what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I don't, it's it's a lot harder for me to um, work in the morning and then get out in the afternoon. I mean, unless the conditions are unprecedented, mm-hmm. uh, I always like to get out early. Yeah, uh, the same way that you know I think a lot of people like to work out in the morning. Yeah, wakes you up a little bit. And, Gives you a little bump for the rest of the day. Yeah. I like, one of my hangover cures is just like going and going snowboarding. Yeah. I don't know if it's like the fresh air, the cold air, you know, getting your blood pumping a little bit. It's always helped. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Better than just sitting on the couch all day. Sometimes, man. I, New Year's Day, I was such a (laughs) I was so bad. It's New Year's Day. You're allowed. You you can get away with it. Yeah. All my we had a big group that met up at our house and went down to the cowboy bar and they all play this stupid game of like let's try to get Tyler drunk because uh, I don't like seem drunk when I'm drinking. Sure. I just kind of stay. You, you just cross a threshold at some point. You're like, oh, Tyler's drunk. I don't even think that happens. Like they, there's been days where like I certainly feel it and then they're like, oh, you. You seemed normal last night. I was like, I was, I don't really get like talkative. I don't really slur. Yeah. The only thing I do is like dance more. Well, slightly. good on you, Ty. Yeah. <laughs> so we play this stupid game of let's just see how drunk we can get Tyler. And it never works out for me. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. 
<laughs> I got a lose. team of people that are yeah. <laughs> pouring drinks down your throat. Yeah. Did you go to the cowboy bar on New Year's? Or what'd you do on New Year's? Uh, I was hanging out with friends. Uh, we kept it pretty low key. We all wanted to get out on the mountain as early as possible uh-huh. uh, New Year's Day. So yeah, was, that was a big snow day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, and that was another reason why, like, we knew the system was coming in. So we're like, yeah. all right, let's start early, end early. Yeah. Fuck the ball. Uh-huh. Hit the pits. Hit the mountain. Yeah. I love getting those. Um, those, I think they send them out at, like, 6, the notifications from the app saying, like, yeah. the, if it's a big snowfall. Yeah. That's, like, the best way to wake up. Ugh. It's, like, I've been trying to wake up earlier, like, 5.30 um, this year. I call it my resolution. Sure. Um, but being up and then seeing that and then... I already have some time where I can like get work done or if it's a work day or yeah. do other stuff if I need to and then be like, okay, I can, let's it's a reason to, Yeah, it's a reason to get out of bed earlier and get to work earlier so you can enjoy why you're living here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, yeah, cool. Um, so tell us a little bit about like your day-to-day operations here being the, um, what was your title again, event? The sales and event. Sales and event coordinator. Tell us more about what that means day to day. Sure. Yeah. Um, frankly, my schedule is highly fluid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every day is not the same, which I adore. Um, half of it is in the brew pub and half of it is doing sales outside. Uh, so I have a territory in Idaho, Southwest Wyoming. Uh, so I'm generally in those spots uh, once a week, uh, once a month, once a quarter. Um, and then in the brew pub, I plan like, you know, all of our trivia nights, dart tournaments, uh, stuff like that, the parties that we throw. Um, yeah. So, I mean, day to day, it's, uh, whatever we, uh, whatever we feel like we need to tackle. Yeah. Um, and so your accounts, um, are they, uh, like bars and restaurants or yeah, yeah. So it's, uh. Yeah, so we, you know, we sell uh, all of our beer to distributors uh, who then supply bars, restaurants, uh, liquor stores. Uh, So, like, for instance, when I go out to Idaho Falls, I'll go hang out with some of our distributors. Um, We'll shoot around town, go to a bunch of different bars, um, liquor stores and whatnot, check in, say, hey, shoot the shit a little bit, uh, let them know what we've got coming down the pipeline. See if there's anything else we can do for them, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, man, it's it's a fun job, right? Uh, when I left my, so I, yeah, I think I mentioned like I was selling insurance and investments for a little while back in Chicago. My brother was like, "Dude, it's miserable. Go do something you like." Yeah. Um, and so I ended up running a beer department at a, a high level or a, a specialty liquor store, um, and that's how I got my feet feet wet a little bit and just uh, cracked the door open, um, which was not a great job, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, but it did give me a lot of experience, uh, yeah. just gave me some ins and some connections, um, but honestly, when I uh, when I left that financial sales job, this is what I pictured, um, Snake River Brewing, uh-huh. uh, more or less, and this yeah. type of role where I have the opportunity to get out talk about the craft beer that we're pouring out there, um, but also get people into the brew pub because this place is awesome. Yeah. It's a staple. It's been around forever. 
Yeah, Jackson's living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I fudged it up on the the podcast with Fred. I forgot what it was called, and then I looked up on the website today. Jackson's <laughs> living room. Yeah, well, it's just it's the local stop, right? Yeah. Um, and because it's the local stop, when you're in town visiting and you want a taste of what Jackson is really like, and you've gone to the Cowboy Bar umpteen times, yeah, this is where you want to go. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone is super friendly, super welcoming. Everyone knows everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you walk in for the first time, you are going to feel like a local for at least a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, which I just, I think that's so damn cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I thought it's, I've always thought it's interesting. The, the guys who just come in to have a couple, they stand there basically in the walkway. Yeah. Right on the mail rail. Yeah. And ev- it's like every time people are just standing, no matter what time of the day, it's like, yeah. you, like they, they could move. Three feet and go sit at a bar stool, right. but they choose to stand on this walkway that's basically right by the front door. So like the breeze would come in and get them and whatever. It's just like a funny little thing. We're habitual yeah. creatures, Tyler. Yes. <laughs> they get their they get their thing, and they're probably all they probably all been mug club members for like yeah, twenty long, years. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys um, is your whole brewing operation uh, here or next door? Yeah, it's all uh, it's all right here. Uh, everything is on site. We make all the food fresh yeah. on site. Uh, Mary the baker is in here at like four in the morning. Well, um, but yeah, they uh, they brew around the clock, and it's all. Uh, I don't know if you've been on like brewery tours at some of the larger, um, like a New no. Belgium, for instance. No, I haven't. Who kicks out great beer? I drink yeah. New Belgium. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, but you walk into their facility, and one, it's it's in a state, uh-huh. um, and it's all automated. Yeah. But when you have that much capital, and uh, you've perfected your recipes, then why not? Uh, yeah. But, yeah, everything is done absolutely handcrafted. I mean, they're still they're still using the same metal paddles to uh, um, stir up the mash. Um, mm. You know, so you can see them doing it while you're eating or having a beer, which is also super cool. Like, yeah, brings people into the process and uh, you see what you're drinking. Yeah. Have you ever heard of uh, Russian River Beer yeah. Company? Have you had any other beers, any of the, uh, the Pliny, Pliny's? Mm, I don't know. So they're famous one. They have a main one called Pliny. The, they, it's one that's the younger and one that's the elder. Okay. And one they always have, and it's like a really good IPA. It's like their classic thing. Yeah. And then they have one that's, they only do it like one weekend a year in February. Oh, wow. And you hear stories that people have wait like, they wait like, wait like six hours just to get one growler of it. <laughs> yep. That's uh, good on that. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's absurd. So it's out in, out in uh, like Santa Rosa, California. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they just, um, uh, what year was that? In 2018, I think, they just opened up an enormous, like, $30 million new brew pub and their whole brewing facilities in it. And that thing is, like, pristine. It is state-of-the-art. Yeah. It's the same equipment in the brew house since 94. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, has not changed. Has there been, there's probably been updates to the, like, technology, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we originally were bottling, we're canning now. Oh, look at you. <laughs> now found in cans, everyone. Yes. Which is, in fact, better for the beer and the yeah. transportation, um, which is always a fun conversation. When I used to run the beer department back in Chicago, 
I used to get in the most ridiculous arguments with uh, mostly older folks uh-huh. um, who were fairly set in their ways. They want a bottle, and that's fine. You want to drink out of a bottle, that is absolutely your prerogative. Yeah. But if you want to get into the science of it, it's not as good for the beer, right? It's letting light in, get more oxygen in, ruins the beer faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just transportation, you can ship at, at the least two times as much in cans than in bottles and breakage. So, you, I mean, we, we've seen in the industry, vast majority of folks, all of them who historically were bottling, all of them are switching to cans now. Oh, interesting. Did you ever, um, I was talking to, uh, my family has a cabin in northern Wisconsin, in mm-hmm. Hayward. We were talking to one of the bar owners up there, and they were saying how the distributor was trying to sell them uh, like four different versions of the same beer. So it'd be like up there, it'd be Miller Lite cans, Miller Lite pounders, Miller Lite fancy bottle, Miller Lite regular bottles, and then like the different sized cases of all those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's like that's how what they have to stock for some reason, even though like you go to so you go to liquor store and it's yeah, I had a twelve I pack of bottles. Reluctantly had to make those purchases all the time. Yeah, at the last job. Yeah. <laughs> That shit just that's just so silly. It's, it's, like, it's insane. But um, it's right now people are just uh, they get into their um, their comfort zone. Yeah, they get in the comfort zone. They're like, all right, it's Friday afternoon. I go buy my twelve pack of whatever at the liquor store, or they buy their whatever size pack, and they only want to buy that size pack. Right. That's what they do. It's more of like their process now than mm-hmm. than it is actual like critical thinking of like I should buy. Just whatever the whatever other price. Yeah, most people are not uh, not comfortable with change. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, did you, Did you ever watch uh, Mad Men? Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I never got super into it, but yeah, some episodes. I have a so I have a marketing degree, and it, I was watching it through college because I was just love marketing and advertising and all that stuff. Yeah. And there's a great line from Don Draper. And you know, he has many. Um, that he says change is neither good nor bad; it just is. Yeah, absolutely. And ever since I heard that, I was like, in my um, my mentality about change has been totally different. It's not like, do I like this or do I dislike this? It's more like, this is happening, right? Or this, or this happened. What can I do to benefit from it or minimize the um, the risk from it or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just that's life. Yeah, right. It's a good way to like stop trying to be so attached to the past or something when you just like change just happens. So you just have to, you know, go with it. Right. Which is, you know, it's certainly easier said than done for many people. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I mean, if you can maintain or embrace that mentality that uh, one, this right here, right now, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be like this forever. Yeah. Uh, Things are going to change and you just got to take it in stride. And Mm -hmm. um, if you can't do that, I think you end up, probably turn into uh, more of a bitter person and mm-hmm. um, that's how you become a uh, a bitter old for old person yeah yeah so now you know now you know psychology 101 right we've hit, hit our we've, we've hit a couple right so <laughs> we've hit yeah, we hit pack rafting <laughs> now we hit psychology and how do you not become a bitter person yes embrace change everyone man just wait till number three yeah we got something planned for you yeah um <laughs> But I didn't know about the I knew about the can thing. I knew that like letting light in was and more more mostly when it's like 
you know, warm sunlight, you don't want that to heat up the beer. But I didn't know about that, about the oxygen and the breakage and stuff. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't want oxidized beer, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, so cans just, they block that much more out. Um, and yes, certainly it's a hell of a lot easier, not just for us, but mm -hmm. uh, for distributors as well, uh, to be kicking out cans. And um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's no fun cleaning up glass yeah. uh, ever. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a lot, most beers, like if it's like a, you know, non-craft beer, super okay with a can, drinking it out of the can. And with this one too, with the lager, I'm good with that. But like if it's like a heavier IPA or like a, some of the stouts and some of the heavier ones, I want to do it in a glass, pour it from the can in the glass. Yeah, you, you are not wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, 80% of flavor comes from smell. Mm. Um, and oftentimes when, you know, when I'd be having one of these delightful conversations about why cans are in fact better for the beer. Uh -huh. um, you know, people will always say that, well, I can still taste the metal. And I'm like, well, hands down, right off the bat, like pour it in a glass. That's, yeah. You're going to get the absolute most. And if you're paying a little bit more for craft beer rather mm -hmm. than a Miller Lite, if you can, pour it in a glass. Yeah. Um, Even though sometimes, like I'll just, if I want to do like, a cold, like a Coors Light and like a cold, uh, it's pint, gonna taste better. Pint glass, and maybe if like throw an olive or something in there, yeah, yeah. Um, and if you, you know, when people do say that they still they taste metal or whatever, it is generally the only metal part of the can uh, that you actually come in contact with is the lid, right? Yeah, so when you taste that, you're smelling the lid. Mm -hmm. uh, so I tell people if it's really bothering them, like as you're taking a drink, just take. Hold your breath for a hot second, uh -huh. and it can, it'll change the experience, hundred percent. Well, did you have you taken any like did you take any like beer classes in college or any like brewer brewing training or anything to like learn this stuff, or is it just from being in the industry? No, it's just uh, being in the industry, and um, you know, my brother got me into it um, a long time ago, so. We were going to uh, brew tours and stuff like that uh -huh. uh, for a long time. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, once you start living and breathing it and working it every day, just like I'm sure with uh, all the marketing stuff that you do, like mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, you learn better on the job. Yeah. Uh, so if I'm ever learning like a new task, you can tell me, uh, but you need to tell me while I'm doing it, um, you know, so I can actually do it myself and learn. Uh, which is the same, I, you know, I did a, did a little brewing session uh, of our pale ale earlier in the summer, which, shit, just doing one session, right, will teach you that much more about the process, uh, and at least for me, it makes me a hell of a lot better at my job. Yeah, they can explain, like, why things the way they are, are right. the way they are. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if you're passionate about something, then uh, interest will take you down the rabbit hole pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can get a, I personally can get, take Taylor, you know this. You just uh, yelled at me the other day for this. Taylor. I get really obsessed with things out of nowhere. <laughs> like, like I said, I'm so would you say early. it's impulsive, or you just you go down the rabbit hole at least mentally? It's like it's like kind of like an ADD. Because my girlfriend would say that I'm highly impulsive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd be described as impulsive, but it'd be like randomly. I'm just like I'm gonna do this thing, and then I'm obsessed with that thing, and yeah. then I don't stop doing that thing for like a month. Yeah, I yeah, I definitely uh like um oh, 
right now, I've been so the do you, do you, do you play Xbox or game at all? Uh, not for not for a while. Yeah, um, but I used to for sure. Yeah. So the the new Call of Duty came out, and I was they're still kicking out CODs. That's great. Yeah, they got they got so they got so bad in the end the last few that they had to redo Modern Warfare. So that was like Call of Duty Four. Uh, that's you probably one of the that last one. ones that about that and like Black Ops were like the last ones. Yeah. That played. So they kind of rebooted that series because they're getting so bad. Yeah. Like, no, well, and also when it. you come out with one every single year and you don't change all that much, you're just cannibalizing your own sales anyway. You're yeah. going to get tired of it. Yeah, there's a new model in video game making where it's like make one, make a, a game where you can maybe run it for two or three years and make updates to it yeah. and have new maps and new characters be put into it. Mm-hmm. And it's probably, probably, it's probably a new like development platform that came out that allowed that or some, something like that. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I stopped playing because after a certain point, you know, you go through the campaign or something and then you're playing online. The next one comes out, everyone's going to the next one. Yeah. So there's not that many people playing online. So yeah, like you said, if you can refresh a campaign or something, make it a little bit more engaging long term for sure. Yeah, my, my Xbox is even updated right now. But, um, but on the obsessive thing, I was like holding that off because I was like, I know I'll get obsessed with this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't buy it. I can't do it. And then like the day after Christmas, it goes on like 50% discount. Yeah. So I was like, shit, I should do this. So <laughs> it would I be bought- irresponsibly of me not to yeah. get this right now. Yes. And so I bought it and now I've been like playing it nonstop and I'm just like, it's it's a not, that's a not good obsession. Then there's good obsessions where, yeah. um, you know, like I'll just get into a rabbit hole of like, Google AdWords, like we started doing that for a client. I just like got obsessed with like, okay, how do I do this? How do I figure this out? Isn't that a beautiful thing when your passions and your work just, they just align? Yeah. They come together. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot easier. It, it takes a lot of, uh, do you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is? No. Gary V, he's a entrepreneurial marketing guru guy, you know, billionaire, and he runs this big marketing agency in New York. Um, but he, he, Post probably the most content I've ever seen from a marketing executive, and it's all really relatable stuff. Okay. Like so, when I'll, I'll give I'll lend you my book. He he wrote wrote a couple books, but it's really good stuff. And just follow him on Instagram, you'll learn a ton. It's all about like, you know, how do you find your passion? How do you continue to work hard? How do you grow your thing? Whatever your passion is, like right. You know, we'll take this podcast for an example. I really really think that Jackson Hole is cool. Yeah. And the, the surrounding areas and the people here. And so Gary was this guy just from listening to him on social media. It was like, you can make something out of a, a small hobby passion. Yeah. And maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's like a YouTube channel where he has the example of, you know, you like comic books or you like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and you would make a YouTube page reviewing them or talking about the comics or a vlog going to comic con or something like there's like, actual money to be made in that space now mm-hmm. because of how popular all the social medias are. Um, and I forgot where I was going with that. Um, oh, finding your passion. Yeah. He talks a lot about you need to go out and, you know, try things to figure out what your passion is because there's very little chance that, you know, what you experienced up through high school, even through college, is what you, A, are good at and B, want to do. A hundred percent. So you just really just got to go taste things. Yeah. And that might be more literal for you because it ended up being beer. Right. 
But like, you but also do... moved around, right? You know, I was yeah. in Chicago, but I also lived in Ohio. I was in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and you figure out pretty quickly. I mean, just like you know, when you're looking for a significant other, a spouse. Yeah. That's why you date. Yeah. Right? You, you date look for what you find uh, appealing and what you get along with, and um, you know, it's the same mentality uh, of where you end up. I think physically and also career-wise. Um, yeah, it all it all fits together. Nothing. Uh, yeah, we have this idea that what seventeen-year-old you picked as a major <laughs> oh, yeah. is what you're gonna like and be good at. Yeah, just oh, because yeah. you paid that much money to get a degree. Right, and it's just like a silly concept to be it like. It's crazy, man. I mean, certainly people do that. I picked marketing and and marketing management as my degree because I knew I wanted to be in business. Yeah, wanted to do sales and marketing. I did and, the same thing. I was marketing, and yeah. I, that was the. Quite literally, the exact reasoning. I didn't know what I wanted to do because it's fucking dumb seventeen year old. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> like I wouldn't expect myself to know what to do, but I knew it would give me options. Yeah, but we, then that's not that. Yeah, that's not like an in, industry specific thing, you know. Mine wasn't either. No, I took m- most of the kind of the stuff we did in college was like for small businesses. We got to work with small businesses, and that was cool. Yeah. But then my my first job out of college was working for. A financial technology company that provides core banking and processing and big software for banks. Mm-hmm. So like, totally like flip the switch. Like, not that creative. It's numbers based. It's how can you speak to a CFO of a bank about right. like this? Why you should buy this? Um, and I love that. Still do that. Um, but it's like some majors get you to put you two in a box of an industry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, accounting. Yeah, You're probably gonna be a CPA. <laughs> yeah, my brother just got a CPA, and they—he's—he's he's super smart, and he definitely is an accountant personality, super type A, um, super good at that stuff. But they paint this picture when he's an intern. It's like, oh, Ryan, you'll be a manager in, in two years, and then you'll be a director in four years, and then you'll be a partner in six years. It'd be perfect. The structure is, you know, it's uh, that's definitely good for a lot of people. But then it's it, it might it might be that if you work really really hard and you're really good and you want to get better, and you go through the shit of having to like travel to, bumfuck nowhere. Yeah. Because he's a he's an auditor. Oh yeah. So, for for like Deloitte or EY or something. Deloitte. Yeah. Yep. So he, <laughs> I was laughing so hard at him because his internship was he got to go to Dallas and he got to go to all these dinners and uh, Minnesota Twins games because in Minneapolis and yeah. happy hours and all the. Full-time employees would take him out to lunch because they could expense it. Mm-hmm. And then his like his first assignment, he goes to um, uh, like middle of nowhere, North Dakota, <laughs> and it's just like that's like one bar. That's what they ate the entire week. And what I did was, all right, we'll see you in a couple years. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna leave you here. Yeah, leave you there. And he's been going to like random other towns. And then and I'm just like, this is what you signed up for. Like, this is what you actually have to do. Yeah. It's yeah. not that pretty picture of like happy hours every day. Right. Twins games all the time. And they do yeah. a lot of that because the, the company knows that people get burnt out. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely have, have lots of friends uh, and family members, frankly, that uh, went that route. And um, I feel like the consistent theme that I found was that they initially really enjoyed it. Um, but you just, I mean, when you're traveling that often at a certain point, your, your personality is either cut for that or it's not, and you're going to burn out. Yeah. That doesn't mean that it was the wrong job for you. And this is something that, like, you know, when I have um, 
part of like an alumni association. Um, so when I have like uh, younger undergrads calling me for whatever reason, um, I tell them all the time, like, listen, you're probably not gonna like the first job that you have. You might, and if you do, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's a failure. Yeah, like you, you have to take those steps, just like in sales. You might get three no's, but you gotta get through those so you can get to a yes. Yeah, and, then, you know? and if your mindset is that that yes, the money come along, that comes along with the yes is worth it. Right. You don't want to be attached to those no's and thinking that they don't like you. Right, and it's just it's, it's, this is a part good, of the process, yeah. and um, yeah, I mean, I think that's man, that's one of the pitfalls right now. Of, you know, we were talking about whether it's really worth it to get a, a degree right now, which is, you know, really just depends on the person and yeah. what you want to do, right? Um, but yeah, there's this crazy, crazy myth, and I, I don't know if you experienced this when you were growing up, but like, you have something in your life that you're going to be better at than everyone else, and that you, there's going to be one thing, right, that, that you're going to do, and you're gonna, this is what you're supposed to do, that is a load of horseshit, horseshit. Like, you, there are... I love my job and I love this industry, but shit, there are three, four things right off the top of my head that I'm like, yeah, I could have done that and I could have been happy doing that too. Yeah. Um, but life is a series of decisions and you go down a road and all of a sudden you're on a new path. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree with the first, I think I agree with the first part of that, that I think everyone does have something that they're that, right. Maybe that, not better than everyone, but I, I should very say good that everyone has that. their own talents for sure. Yeah. But that does not mean that you're limited to one job or yeah. one industry. And so I remember thinking when I was yeah. going to college, like, oh, I'm supposed to find this one job. Yeah. And it puts so much pressure on myself to find this one mythical job. Yeah. On seventeen year old that has so much else going on. Yeah. That yeah. And then you and then you're also told and you gotta and I don't know if you you gotta pay your student loans back. (laughs) And you gotta pay probably a hundred thousand dollars to do it. And so it's just like, holy shit, this has to be like a good choice. Right. I have to enjoy this, I have to be passionate about it, I have to buy in, it has to be fulfilling, and I have to make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, I totally agree with that. But there is there is everybody has things that they're snatchy better at. Absolutely. And then it's finding Absolutely. You know, it's the people who are successful is finding what not um, what job that is, but what activities or skills that is. Mm-hmm. And then you could do that now in the economy we have. And I don't mean the Trump economy. I just mean generally in America. Yeah. If you have whatever skills you have, you could find it in any sort of industry, mm-hmm. like sales. We'll take that, that example. We could be, I, I'm, a, I'm a salesman by trade and by probably by blood. My, my dad is too. Um, I could be... I could, they could do something like you. You could do something like me. We could go be some sort of like a Burton rep. Right. If we love snowboarding that much. Yeah. You could go, you know, th- that's one of the skills and the kind of day-to-day activities where if you're okay with talking to people, trying to sell people, and you're good at that, you want to be better at it, go find like what part of the industry, what part of the of America really sets you on fire, you know? You could yeah. be selling s- season tickets for the Twins if you love baseball. Mm-hmm. Or if you, you know, you could go sell loans if you love people, you know, getting, helping people get that loan to find their dream house. Right. But people, I think, look at, like, just the, t- maybe the job title or... Um, we are fickle creatures, right? Yeah. <laughs> like we, I mean, there, 
there are a lot of materialistic, artificial things that drive us. Yeah. Um, and it's just not where I think we're supposed to be, one, gaining our affirmation. Yeah. Um, or what, what we're, we think we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. I mean, you, everyone has their own set of skills. It's just, uh, I mean, shit, I could be, I could be selling craft beer yeah. anywhere else but here, and yeah. I wouldn't be as happy. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not at Snake or Ruin, I'm not in Jackson Hole. Yeah, and it's that's what makes it. It's, it's all part of it. It's not just oh, this is a profession. I like this, so I'm gonna like it wherever I go. No, of course not. Yeah, you know, there's it's a way bigger picture than that. Yeah, I've told I've told that sort of thing to people who, I mean, I don't even know what jobs they were, but they were like not liking their job, and they're like, ah, I want to move to so and so. Right. So you're place. not like your job or you're not like where, where you're at. you are. And no and they like their job could be done in those places. So I was like, okay, go be the best damn whatever that is there. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like if I was talking to like a bartender, like go be a bartender of the four seasons, you'll make more money than you and I do probably. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Hundred percent. Right? Hundred <laughs> percent. Like be the best damn one. Or you know, if you're a real estate agent and you don't like something, go be don't go do that in Vegas or LA. Right. You'd be a billionaire. If you're still, you know, you keep moving around, it's like, well, what's not working, right? Like, oh, I really enjoy this town. This job's not working out. It's just, that's what I was, it all, I feel like it just comes back to the pressure that people put on themselves. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's good to have pressure to a certain degree to hold yourself to a certain standard. Um, but you have to allow yourself to fall down every once in a while. Otherwise, you're not going to learn anything. Yeah. Yeah, you don't learn anything. When things are going great, it's just like dopamine freshening through. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Well, that's when you get complacent with where you're at. And it's like what you said in the beginning. Changes are going to happen. It's inevitable. It's yeah. not trying to avoid them. It's taking them in stride and yeah. understanding what your strengths are and how you can use that change uh, for you and you know your community as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot. I think there's a lot of pressure, too, that comes from like parents. Sure. Um, just like if, you know, if your parents were doctors, you'll have a lot of pressure to be, be a doctor, even if it may not make you, make you happy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely have a lot of friends like that. Yeah. Um, and I really, I'm really thankful. My dad always made it clear that I should want to be great for me. And I, he probably told it to me hundreds of times, but not until like the last few years was it really resonate and be like, yeah. Oh, I get it now. It's not because coach says to do something it's not because he says or my mom says says to do something it's not because a teacher says it it's you want to succeed because you want to look back and say i worked as hard as i did and i um completed that achievement or succeeded in that in some some front yeah and that changes everything once you get there then it's not someone nagging on you to do something to do to go work out then it's this is i played football in college and um before yeah between my junior and senior year i kind of had an epiphany where i was like i got one year left of football i need to throw everything i have at this no matter what because i cannot give i can't give anything else to it after this season's done so that whole that whole kind of that off season and then in the summer it was like no joke. Waking, waking up at five, good, get into the gym. If I was in school, you do gym and then school. And then in the summer, it was gym right to my internship, and then go and meet up with some other uh, football players in the area 
on the field. And luckily, my brother was a quarterback, so he'd come out and throw passes to us. And oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and like do field stuff and agility stuff and speed stuff. And that was the entire summer. Yeah. Just to get to a point where I was like, okay, I've given everything I have. Did it was almost impossible to give her anything more because I wanted to have the internship. Right. And then it worked out, and and I had a great year after that. But it was where where were you guys at? Uh, Saint Scholastica. It's in Duluth, Minnesota. Okay, yeah. It's D three, but um, yeah, it was. I didn't. I mean, I didn't like set any records or anything, but. It's a it was, massive commitment either way. I mean, most yeah. kids, they go to school and yeah. they never work a job. They're not involved in any sort of leadership positions in any clubs mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's like, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. It, it's, I'm really, really glad I did it. It was never about um, the potential to, you know, go to the league or anything. It was all about. I just love this sport. I feel like I have more to do in it. I want to do it for four more years. And then after you get into it, it's like, those are, those are all your brothers then. It's not, I mean, once you, once you start enjoying it, then it's not practice sucks. It's, I get to go play a sport I love with all my best friends for two hours every single day, at least. Damn it, man. You're (laughs) making me miss team sports (laughs) so much right now. Yeah. Yeah. There was a time after the season, my last season ended where I couldn't, I couldn't listen to Boys of Fall by Kenny Chesney. You know that song? <laughs> I'd cry. I couldn't watch, like, football movies, like, Friday Night Lights. I would watch a lot. Oh, man. I couldn't, like, watch any of those things because I would get all emotional. It's like, one of those things you just, you take for granted when you're a kid, right? Like, yeah. oh, well, for some reason in my head, I'm always going to have this team or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, dude, you're not. <laughs> no. You're going to have a different team, but it's not going to be this. Yeah, that's we keep going back to this change thing. It's I think it's human nature to expect things to continue as they are. Yeah. For no reason, even though we know Right, yeah, for no reason. We know it's gonna be done. Like is it like if you're a kid, like most people quit. Yeah. Like uh, I think there's uh something like ten percent of all football players play on a varsity high school team. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Um so when you're in like peewee football, like you think it's just gonna be like, oh I just Get, I just have to go to practice, you know, so many times through the fall, and then I, I'll get to do it next year, and then again and again and again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, yeah, you're totally right. And that was, and that's something I did for. I think I started in fourth grade. What position were you playing? Um, in high school, I was a receiver, and then in college, I played receiver the first two years, and then I got bigger and played like tight end and a little bit of like. H back, and then one game I actually played fullback. Hell yeah! And with the tight end, because we are, we're just gonna send you up the two hole there, chief. Yeah, and and so I was bigger. I, I was like two thirty yeah. in the, the second two years of college. Yeah, but still six five is not a tight, uh, not a fullback height. Um, because our so our starting fullback, my buddy Mitch O'Neill, he's getting married. We just got the invite, Mitch. I don't think we're gonna be able to make it, but we pour one out for you, Mitch. Yeah, we'll pour one out for you. Um, he had to go to like a funeral or a wedding. So then the backup was the starter. And then we don't, we don't, you don't carry three fullbacks. And they were like, okay, Tyler, you know, the blocking schemes and you can, that fullback would go out and be in the pass game also. Then, you know, those. So I played that, yeah. um, for a game. And uh, so what has, has Kirky earned your trust at this point? Cause, uh, I'm a, Packer, native? I'm a Packer fan. 
Um, so he has earned my trust because he keeps messing up. All right. Well, see you later, bud. <laughs> I knew when you reminded me that you were from Chicago, I knew we would get to this point that that you were a bear. <laughs> it's okay. What is going on with your bears? Last year, <laughs> last year, I was actually scared of them. And coming into this season, I was like, shit, we have three really good teams in the yeah. North. Uh, I don't. I didn't like to trade where they got rid of uh, Jordan Howard. Yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I thought he should have been number one. Um, Tariq Cohen is a good. He's a pass catcher. Pass down, catching. Like, yeah. They drafted David Montgomery to fill Jordan's role, right? Yeah. And they barely used him. I yeah. Know. Oh yeah, yeah. They just didn't use him. I mean, there were multiple games where yeah. he maybe got like five touches. Mm-hmm. That's absurd. That's crazy. Yeah. But they also they didn't take time. I mean, year one with Mitch and uh, and Coach Nagy, like they just threw out all the tricks they had in the bag. Yeah, they didn't develop their quarterback who's never played and also played barely a year at UNC before he got drafted. Oh yeah. You gotta learn how to roll through your reads and you know monitor coverage and stuff and just hit the simple throws. Mm-hmm. That's why he's always so nervous in the pocket. Obviously, as a fan, I know what's going on on the <laughs> field uh, better than the coaches, so you can take it from me. Better than the NFL draft pick, uh, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch, I still love you. I just man, you you got legs, man. Run it, run it sometimes. There could be something where this is like a sophomore slump. That's like a really common thing where... Yeah. Uh, well, he right now has the same amount of experience as Deshaun Watson and Patty Mahomes had coming into the league. Yeah. Because he only played one year at UNC before getting drafted, which still is crazy. But Yeah, that was always a big question mark that they weren't sure, but it was like they were... They saw his like body and his arm, and they were like, well, maybe we need to do it. Yeah. I mean, he could still be... Uh, Sure, somehow he ends up with Belichick and turn him into a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean he's got he's got some raw talent. But, I think it'll be uh, fine. Next, their defense, your D backs are really good. Khalil Mack obviously is a superstar. Yeah, um, yeah, they they probably also just ran into the buzzsaw that was the NFC North this year. I mean, yeah, they lost shit, to the Packers you guys, twice. You guys have been the, phenomenal for a long time. Yeah, now. Uh, Aaron Jones just killing it. Yeah, um, he's I a good. Don't know. He, I don't know what happened with that uh, champ game, but damn. I think okay. A lot of people are saying that the Packers are pretenders or frauds because they played so bad that game. I think that the 49ers are so good. So you, do you think they're going to take? I mean, you you have to root for the 49ers now, right? Yeah. Now, what is your it, view on that? On the Super Bowl? No. Like, do you? So if a team beats your team particularly in the playoffs, do you feel the need to root for that team? Because if if someone's going to beat our team, they better fucking win the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah. I, I would like them to, to blow out the Chiefs and to be like, oh, look, the Packers, you know, they didn't, they that doesn't look that bad now. Yeah. Because um, this team was amazing. But I, I just think how good the D-line is for the 49ers, like, just totally demolishes any effort that the Packers offense had. And you saw that, obviously, all year, all year, too. But I watched when they beat the Vikings and now the Packers, and the same thing happened. The, yeah. the Those offenses just could not get anything going. 
Which is interesting because, you know, we've seen like the defensive versus offensive battles before, particularly in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And generally, like, I mean, what what was it? The Seahawks and uh, Broncos had one, the Patriots played yeah. I But I, yeah, I feel like, uh, it, yeah, it just never, um, it'll be more interesting this year, I think, just because the 49ers have a more competent offense, even though Jimmy G didn't throw it after the second quarter, which yeah. is just a ridiculous stat. Yeah, um, porn star Jimmy. He yeah. doesn't need to throw a pass. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's been killing it on and off the field. <laughs> James. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, there's a saying. Is that, that something that you miss, living in Jackson? Like having, I mean, we've got Moose Hockey, which is a, always an awesome time. Yeah. Um, but, like, do you miss that part of uh, living here, not having, like, a big team to... Uh, not really. I've never really been, like, a go-to-a-bar. Uh, actually, at my cabin, it's a go-to-the-bars to watch the game because it's Wisconsin, and it's, you know, hole-in-the-wall bars. You snowmobile to them and have beers and, and whatever, and they'll all do, like, a potluck. Okay, that and, sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. Even, like... My friends who are Vikings fans, we'd come up and do that, and they're like, "This is sweet," even though we're not watching the Vikings. Even though we're not welcome, but uh, yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> but everyone's a Midwesterner, so they're all super, <laughs> everyone's super passive. They're like, "Oh well, uh, I hope you, uh, I hope your snowmobile breaks through the ice." <laughs> but have a good day. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but yeah, besides that, I'm not wasn't really like a go to the games kind of guy. I've always been like a TV. Like let's make some chili. Let's make some here. like buffalo chicken dip and like have a bunch of beers at home yeah. for football. No, I'm, um, I'm the same way. The only thing I miss is just like not having a like the ability to go to a bar for a game. Uh, have you been to Cuddy's for an Eagles game? Yeah, that's <laughs> nuts. I was there. crazy. One of my yeah one Eagles of my fans, man, Philly. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, like one of my closest friends out here. He's from Philly. Jeff Moberg. He was the first guest episode. You okay. Said that one. Um, so we go there with him, and I thought he was bad because he's like yelling, cussing out the refs. They're ruthless. Yeah, like his emotions are just like this the whole game. Yeah. And we were at this booth, and like these guys next to us were like yelling at the refs to like die. <laughs> and I was like, Jeff, you, these guys are like 10 times worse than you. <laughs> it's insane in there. Yeah, like, it's still a game, right? At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't need to tell the ref to kill himself. No, that seems a little, <laughs> little stuck. Yeah, when like your team's down by 20. Or no, they were. That was the their playoff game. They were down by like ten. Yeah, but it is. Yeah. It's just yeah. It's it's interesting in Jackson just because you have such a a hodgepodge, a melting pot of yeah. uh, people from all over, just transplants from all over. But yeah. as opposed to like a San Francisco or um, literally anywhere in Florida where people are there for a year or something, mm-hmm. people just get addicted. Yeah. You know? I mean, I. It was a month in. I was like, oh my God, I don't, how have I lived anywhere else? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, I would have a really tough time living anywhere else after uh, just how much fun I've had doing the stuff I like doing here. Yeah, it's, and, the, and then you just, it's just a different, uh, different type of person, a different atmosphere that you have out here. You know, I always describe it to people back home as, uh, it's got a very neighborly, midwestern, uh, small town vibe, but definitely got a huge western influence. Um, yeah, and also with like the extreme wealth that's here too. Yeah, well, huge disparity. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Got well, the, just came out. The article that just came out um, said that highest uh, per capita income in America, Teton County does. So, like, I mean, that's higher than whatever county LA is in. Orange, yeah. Or whatever county San Francisco is in. Yeah. Whatever county Manhattan is in. Whatever county Chicago's in. Yeah, I mean, uh, shit. Uh, North Shore, Chicago, uh, Lake County. Holy smokes. Yeah. Like, but this <laughs> is more. Right. Well, and, but but at the same time, like, you, you still have that disparity. You've got 10,000 people here, not quite year-round. Some of them are just uber wealthy, right? Just yeah, have probably like, probably like a thousand of like extreme wealth. Right. And a lot of those, you know, a lot of those people that live here are also still super down to earth somehow. Yeah. Um, and still really great people who contribute and donate a ton to our economy yeah. uh, and our community. But like there's also that 90% that are just, you know, they're making every sacrifice just to be here. Yeah. Um, and that's it. Yeah, they're they're tuning skis at night to go right. ski in the morning to next ski yeah. the next day. Make snow for twelve hours straight, then come in and host at SRB or yeah. uh, do whatever or drive Uber and Lyft. It's just it's that's one of the I think it's one of the biggest differences, not just from anywhere I've lived, but you know, places I've visited. You do not end up here by accident. Yeah, it doesn't happen, you yeah. know, um, which is, it's cool, at least for the local community, because everyone that you're talking to and hanging out with, they really want to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think it makes Jackson uh, a little bit more unique and one of its own. Yeah. You know, Have you heard that from other system. episodes? Because I say that all the time. What? That... Um, the people that have lived here for any so any like basically more than a, one season, uh, you can you know they really really love it here and everyone's in a good mood being here because you have to work so hard to stay here. Yeah, you that like <laughs> it's it really stress, separates. It's definitely like, stressful at times, like yeah. trying to pay rent and find a place to live. Like it's not yeah. easy, but it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, and if it, if it's worth it for you, is if the access accessibility to the mountains is that big payoff for you, then this is the place to be. But if it's like, if it's anything but like your dream to be able to go and yeah. ski at the resort or go to the, go touring or be in the park. Or you go live fish. in Portland. You got Mount Hood, you got yeah. Mount Bachelor, you've got the ocean, crazy place to live, but it's not Jackson where it's all in your backyard. Everything yeah. is right there. Yeah. Yeah. Right now we could walk, we could walk for five minutes and go do a little ski tour. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like, or, you know, go bike to Cache Creek, which is a 10-minute little bike ride, and go have some incredible mountain biking. I'll tell you what, man. Every day, every day is a better day being here. Yeah. You get a little bit more under your belt buckle, and mm -hmm. uh, you just, you're that much more ingrained into where you are, and uh, you also... Um, you also get stuck a little bit, you know, because, like, the longer you stay, I, I imagine, like, you know, again, like, I haven't been here that long, mm -hmm. but of all the people that I work with, all the people that I talk to that have been here for a long time, it just, it just happens. Like, if, you, if you're here, you're probably going to stay for a while, and if you leave, you're probably going to come back. Yeah. Say that again for my girlfriend. Um, to hear that, honey? If you're here, you'll stay here for a while. 
<laughs> and I think he means like years and years. I do, yeah. Oh, <laughs> she she is very close with her family, and uh, I'm hope I'm kind of thinking that every time she gets to make a new friend out here, it's like a little bit longer we stay out here. Because at the beginning, she didn't really have friends, and it was okay. Like, for the love of God, you get, we, we're going to have to get together because my girlfriend is the exact same way. Oh, really? You have a girlfriend? I didn't know that. It's the, ex- the exact same way. Yeah. Uh, super, super tight with her family. Uh, she definitely likes to explore and stuff. Yeah. But, my God, it, you know, it's a big jump coming out here and not just moving here, but making it home. Yeah. And investing your time and your energy and being like, mm. I'm going to get into this hobby and uh, you know, I'm going to do this, that, and the other, but yeah, you don't get the most out of it unless you put yourself out there. Um, and once you do, oh my God, it's just like, it's, it's addicting. Mm-hmm. The place is addicting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, dude, I think girls, uh, <laughs> girls are like weird about making new friends. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe just, just, maybe it's just I, Taylor. I don't, yeah. She, no. <laughs> Like, I don't want to go too far down that, that road, but I shouldn't uh, even say anything. But she was like, <laughs> like I came in, we came in thinking like, oh, she'll make a ton, all these friends at the hospital, and like she'll have a ton of friends, and that's yeah. always the quickest way I've made friends. Like you just you make friends through work, and then you you make yeah. connections, mutual friends, and from there just whatever. It's yeah, friends. and I didn't really like I didn't come on here because I wanted to find friends. I was like here yeah. for everything else, and I work remotely. So like I didn't have an office to That's make friends. Yeah, it's harder for you. But the, and I didn't and I didn't even like care about making friends. And then I made the first friends. That's a cold blow. Randomly, <laughs> we were, it's a cold. We blow. were seriously we were at uh, Silver Dollar during the Masters. Like yeah. we're at a golf thing, and Jeff Moberg just like tap me and it's like hey how about the masters and then we've been hanging out with him and like all that's it as a guy that's that's, that's it that's it you say one thing that you haven't come oh oh okay yeah I yeah tiger board. i get on board with this yeah <laughs> oh you, you like you like watching golf and drinking beers yeah we're oh, monkey friends oh no you don't say we're so just we're so stupid monkeys yeah it's so stupid monkeys. yeah it's great oh you like eating meat that was on a on a fire and then you drink this yeast thing i do that too yes and you wait, you would like watching other athletes do things that are better than what you can do. But you know what's best. <laughs> yes. Don't ever forget that. <laughs> that's that's specifically for him as a Philly fan. He he knows best. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, that's that's funny. That's but yeah, what's your what's your girlfriend's name? Kelsey. Kelsey. What does she do? Uh, she works at TJ Maxx. Nice. Yeah, just kind of figuring. So I'm sure. I think they've met. Out. I think they probably met because Taylor goes there far too often. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Taylor is a big, I said the worst thing for her bank account is that there's a TJ Maxx in town. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Um, yeah, we'll have to get them together. Uh, so we should wrap this up because uh, one of the brewers just came in here and asked if we want to play some beer pong and we're going to go do that. The answer is always yes. Yes. There is a wrong answer to that question. Yeah. Um, so I'll ask you the question I ask. Every every one of my guests, of the words, and I keep trying to reword this to make it clear because it's kind of a hard question. It's a thought-provoking question. Right? Yeah, of the words, who, what, when, where, and why. Which of those words has driven you through life the most? So an example would be. Like someone who's really, really close to their family would be the who. Right. Would be like, I don't, you know, I could be living in 
Cleveland, but I'm with my family, and that's 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 what I want. The mistake by the lake. Yes. Good lord. Um, but yeah. So what? Which one is yours? Um, I think uh, probably why. Oh, uh, that's not what I thought. What'd you think? I thought it was the where. Why? Why is that? Because of what you said about you could be doing this job somewhere else, but it wouldn't be as fun. You wouldn't be as happy because it's not here. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, reason why I say why uh, is because, um, well, one, I try and live a, a fairly purpose-driven life, mm-hmm. um, and it'd be yeah, it'd be easier to say where just because I enjoy being here in Jackson, mm-hmm. um, and definitely my environment has a big impact on me. Um, but more than that, just having something that's fulfilling, which is what I get out of being here. Mm-hmm. Um, having an opportunity to work in a place where I know that I'm making an impact, my voice is heard, um, and also being somewhere where I have the opportunity to explore the hobbies that drive who I am. I guess that, yeah, that's that would be uh, the why of it. You know, why am I here? Those reasons. Yeah. Um, and I always, you know, whatever I'm doing, I try and ask myself that question internally. Why am I doing this? What's mm-hmm. the objective? Because uh, I think it's real, real easy. And I, I definitely get caught in this trap sometimes, but just doing something just because. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, I hate that. Yeah, I, don't I do too. That. Yeah. Um, so why, for sure. Awesome. What What is yours? Mine is the where. Because... Um, we talked about the obsessive thing. I got completely obsessed in uh, like the winter of like January of 18 or something or that kind of that, that time period. Um, I would just see people being out here, their videos of pictures of, you know, being in the mountains every day and doing the stuff that I wanted to be doing every day. And it would just like pull at me. It went, and it was, it, it helped help the cause to get here that it was a shitty winter winter in Minnesota. So it was like no snow, like I couldn't even do a little bit of what I liked and it was just it was just pulling at me every time I saw it. Um and so I just became obsessed with like, okay, I'm moving to the mountains. Whatever this has to take, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then we talked about how it morphed into Jackson, then it then it became an I'm going to move to Jackson regardless of what it takes. And so now it's the where. It's always Probably since when did I kind of start this process? So I've been here since March of fifteen, uh, March fifteenth of last year. Then probably eight months before that was when I was like, "It has to be Jackson." Oh wow! So it was that far. There was that much lead time. Like for me, it was just you know I was looking for jobs in yeah. uh, at a small local craft brewery that had a phenomenal story. Yeah. And this came up, and like when I said pipe dream, I was like, "Well, shit, that's never gonna happen." But I shoot myself if I didn't at least apply. Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, there was just a point where it was. It was I, I told you it was when Fred said, "Why not here?" It was like that was when I was like, "It has to be Jackson." That's why the question for me is why. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so for them, to me, it was the where, and now it's it went from how can I get here. Now it's how can I stay here and be happy and do what I want to do as long as I can. 100%. And that's where I've like I've like worked way harder since I came here because it's like, you know what you're fighting for. At that yeah, point. it's like giving me something. Yeah, this 
living here and staying here is what I want to work hard for. Yeah. And I know, you know, yeah, I could go, I have the flexibility of my work schedule to like go snowboarding one day randomly during the week. But I know if I can bust my ass and make the money that I dream of, there'll be a lot more of those days in the long term if I can stay here long term. Yeah. So that's, it's, it's kind of switch. It's the same where answer, but it's more from how do I get there to how do I stay there? Yeah. And it's always here. And I don't know why I'm, okay, I kind of know why I'm so obsessed, but I don't know. I don't know if it's um, uh, a common thought process or feeling that people have of places, but mm-hmm. for some reason, the energy here, like I just don't get anywhere else. I've been to Park City, I've been to Vail, I've been to you know, Salt Lake City, I've been to a bunch of places in California. Yeah. Nowhere else was like, I, like, it, nowhere else feels like there's a bunch of other me's walking around. And yeah. it kind of is that here. It's like, Bunch of people who want to work really hard in whatever job they do. Um, they kind of want to. They want to have freedom. They want to explore. They want to, you know, they want to have their dogs. They want to spend time with their dogs. They want to get a little rowdy sometimes. They're kind of a little cowboy sometimes. A little bit of redneck in here, but they're also very intelligent. And they want to do a good job and and make good money. Yeah, I mean, at the every, end of the day, I think one of the, yeah, one of the reasons why I love it is just because everyone is down to earth. You mm-hmm. know, um, yeah, you said even even the celeb- some of the like celebrities that live here, right, are fairly down to earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, I think it's the same reason why you know I enlisted in the army. And mm-hmm. you know, thank you for your service, by the way. Anytime, Tyler, but also probably never again. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, it was I had no idea where I was going to end up. It was just the why of it. The, is yeah. this fulfilling at the end of the day? Yeah. Um, and Jackson is Jackson is more than fulfilling. Definitely. All right. Um, tell the nice people where you can find. Do you run the social media for the brewery? Yes. Yeah. So tell them the social media for the brewery and yourself. Um. And any other thing? You, any other any other closing piece you want to tell? The sure. audience. The audience of like 25. Yeah. Welcome, crowd. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you've been listening to Tyler and, and Elliot just shoot the shit for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, come down to the brew pub, man, if you want to hang out with some locals and see what life in Jackson is uh, is like. Yeah. Um, we've got events pretty much every week. We've got trivia tonight. Um yeah, you can find our beers pretty much everywhere in town. We distribute all over Montana, Idaho, uh, Utah, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, keep your eyes peeled for for new markets in in the future. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, we're we're always looking for uh, for new ways to uh, not just support the Jackson local community, but also get the good stuff out to all the hardworking people that deserve a cold one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, put. Put their river through your liver. Do it now. Do it now. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening and have a good day.